You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Just walking those, watching those kids walk up and just piggybacking off of what Melissa said. Would, would God withhold himself from any one of those kids? No. Would God hide himself from any one of those children? Would God get mad at them and say, ah, forget you, I'm done? To any one of those kids. Could you look at any one of those kids in the face and say, God will abandon you? Can you say that to them? Then why do you believe it about yourselves? I'm 30 years old. I'm still my parents' son. That hadn't changed with age. I'm uglier, but that hadn't changed with age. That's the only thing. So we need to, that's a good word, because we get in this mindset and we consider things for others to be true. That's not true for me. Right? So I don't know who that word was for, but that's good. Um, But anyways, good morning, you beautiful people. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, I, I, as I was, I, I had a tough week. It was rough. It's been rough all week. But the Lord asked me, or I, I don't know, you know, have you ever just had a conversation with your own heart? I'm just having a conversation with my, with myself. And this question, I just asked myself this question, could you, can you, even with what's, going on around you, could you ever run out of reasons to not praise God? Like, nope, can't do it. Isn't that a beautiful thing? We can go through the worst of times, and there's still so many, there's an abundance of reasons with each passing second to praise God, because He's good. We'll never run out of reasons to praise God. But if you're finding yourself short of reasons this morning, I want to show you a picture of a sweet little baby girl named Gracie Elizabeth Gleason. That's my niece, the first of her kind. Never had a niece before. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty sure I'm killing it so far as an uncle. Um, she's amazing. I was telling uh, Darby had her on a day that was not today. At the Tuesday, Tuesday. It was on Tuesday. She's this like little thing. I mean, she's like this tiny little thing, and she looks just like her daddy. And apparently she's going to grow just like her daddy. Because she compacts into this little ball and then she stretches out and she consumes your whole body. She's like, like one of them stretchy toys. And then she's just retracted back in this tiny little thing, like a turtle or something. She's awesome. So if you needed a reason to praise God, I'll give you that one. You can praise God because she exists. She's awesome. She's precious. Uh, Darby and Carrie are at home. Darby had a C-section, so she's still recovering. Uh, women in here that understand that, you know what she's going through. So prayers for them as they recover and all the new things that they have going on, but that, she just makes the world a little better, uh, I think. So anyways, there's a, there's a reason for you. I'm bragging. I'm an uncle now. It's the first time it's ever happened, so I, I get to do it. I've got the microphone. So anyways, uh, well, we're excited for her to be here. Uh, we've, we've talked about uh, the Sunday nights and watching The Chosen. It's, it's a ton of fun. If you haven't watched it, watch season one. There's an app. You can download it. You can watch it. I promise when you start watching it, you're not going to want to stop watching it. So just watch it so that you can come join in because we're on season two. 
And we're just, we've had some great discussions, great conversation, great revelation that the Lord has brought just in watching those episodes, things that we have not thought about before. And, and I don't know, I don't know how much of this the writers are thinking about or if it's just God being God and working things magically so that you can see this and be shown new and amazing things. But there was a, a question presented um, last Sunday night as we were watching this. And so I'm, I'm setting this up right now. We're going to watch a scene from it. It's this campfire scene and we see the disciples. And now they've been working all day. There's, in, the, in the beginning of this episode, there's this line of people that are coming to receive healing from Jesus. And over and over throughout the episode, they talk about how the line just keeps getting bigger. More people keep coming, and Jesus isn't turning anyone away. And they're exhausted because they're on crowd control, and they're walking through, they're checking on people, they're bringing them water and um, visiting and doing all this stuff, and they're exhausted. And it comes to this point where they're sitting at the campfire. Jesus is still, the whole time, Jesus is only in this episode for a little bit at the end. Um, the whole time they're, uh, they're at this campfire, Jesus is, I mean, performing miracles. Like a stone's throw away from them performing miracles. And we see, uh, we see Peter and, uh, or Simon at, the, at this time, and, and, and Matthew is there. Remember, Matthew is a tax collector at the time, and uh, they just, they do such a great job of casting this and, and just uh, developing these characters. But anyways, we're going to watch this scene. And now, this, these are the disciples. These are the followers of Jesus that are at this campfire. And Mary and uh, Mary's, Jesus' mother and Mary Magdalene are there as well. And so we'll see that. But I want you to watch this scene before we, before we continue on. Ed, we've had to, they've changed the way they've released stuff. They released it on YouTube like immediately last season. So Sarah has done something. I don't know how she's done it. But she figured out a way for us to see it. So there'll be toolbars and stuff at the bottom, but you'll be okay. There's subtitles. You'll be able to see it and get the gist. We're going to hit the lights, and we're going to watch this um, really quick. So now to the beginning of our conversation when we started this. There was a question presented Sunday night, and we can, it becomes an obvious one when we see that. This question is this, who will be Jesus? Jesus was moving in power. A short distance away, the whole time, I don't know if you noticed, through that scene, you can hear people in the background. Jesus is healing those people. Healing those people to the point where he can barely walk to his own tent. And that campfire started out nice, but we saw where it ended. This bickering, this hate, this judgment, this inability to escape the past, this inability to let things go, this... This still recognizing that I've got, to, I've got to do these things. I've got to do it like this. And if you don't do it like this, then you're wrong. And we see this campfire. Again, this astounding thing to realize is that there was Jesus performing miracles like they've never seen at an unprecedented rate uh, just over and over all day long to the point where he can barely walk back to camp. He's just down the way and they're stuck there at the campfire. And the question again is this, who will be Jesus? Turn with me to Hebrews 3. I'm going to be fast um, this morning with the rest of what we have. Hebrews 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in a rebellion 
on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said that they, they always go astray in their heart and they, may, they have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom... Was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that he would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us, Just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, he said, They shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains for some to enter it. And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day today, saying, Through David, so long afterward, in the words already quoted today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joseph had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then... There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, But all were naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give account. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we did not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace." Who could never enter the fullness of God? That question doesn't make sense. Why could they not enter the fullness of God? These people, these people, who who were they that could not enter the fullness of God that we read about right here? And this is what I'm illustrating. These people who were quick to forget all that He had done before. And I'm telling you, if you want to think about that campfire, think about all that happened. If you're just watching that season, Simon right there that's, that's yelling at Matthew and getting very upset with Matthew, met Jesus on the shore pulling this, all these fish into the water. Right? Couldn't comprehend. 
More fish than the boat could handle. Forgotten. Hardness in his heart. Bitterness, anger, frustration. And he's stuck right there where he was sitting. He was not active and a participant in what Jesus was doing just across the way. He was stuck there at the campfire. Those who are quick to forget all that he has done for them are those that will never be Jesus to those around them. Instead of walking in the fullness as Jesus is currently displaying to them, they stayed put. So what is the point of offering anything less than the fullness and power of the Holy Spirit to those around us? Is there any point in that? Is there any point in offering anything than all that God has for them? Then why do we do it? Why do we do it? We are quick to forget all that He has done. And I would ask you this, if we're quick to forget all that He has done, are you in the will of God? No. But we find ourselves in these moments, and what do we do? We don't remember all that the Lord has done that has led us to this point. What we do is we come to this moment and we immediately step out of the backyard. Right? Immediately step out of the backyard. I had, I had a moment like that yesterday. I, I'm talking about myself. When I say we, I'm including myself in this conversation. Yesterday, I, I've got a lot going on. I've got a trailer. I'm trying to go pick up a tractor. I just met my niece, and I go to get my truck. Like, oh, shoot. That's bad. That's not the noise you want to hear. Just all of a sudden, just done work. She's gone. Just done work. And I said something to my dad along the lines of, welcome, welcome to Parker's life. This is what it looks like. It's just a crap show. It's like, man. My dad's like, didn't you just get done meeting your niece? You have like this amazing, awesome family. I'm like, yeah, I know. But right, what did I immediately do? Something happened that was inconvenient or hard or difficult, stepped out of the will of God. Immediately forgot all that He had done beforehand for me and worked on my behalf. I had a lot of scripture this morning, but I'm going to, I want to speed through because I want us to have some time to reflect in this. Because looking at all of that, looking at this question of who will be Jesus. Now this is a serious question that we have to ask. This question is for you. Will you be Jesus? Because I would ask you this as well. That little baby girl that none of you know. Some of you know. Would you want to offer her anything less than the fullness and power of God that he has for her? You don't even know her. But would you want to offer her anything less? No. Would you? Not just do you want to, but will you offer her anything less? See, here's this situation we got to start thinking about. Those little kids that came out, who are the people that they'll come back in and see? Those that are operating side by side with Jesus or those that are stuck at the campfire? Who will they see? We get to be Jesus. We have this opportunity to be Jesus. We've got this opportunity with... with, uh, Max and Deb, we had a board meeting this this week just for Max and Deb to get to come and talk to us and explain everything that they had going on um, and everything that's going on in their situation. And I'm telling you, I was sitting around a table with a bunch of people who looked just like Jesus. And it was overwhelming and it was powerful. And Jesus was in the room and God did amazing and wonderful things and opened doors that we thought closed and did amazing and powerful things in that moment. And again, each and every day we get to be Jesus. 
But who will be Jesus? You get the opportunity to be Jesus, but will you? Will you be that person walking back to your house, barely capable of standing up, unable to even pull off your own shoes? Because you are being Jesus to those around you. That's what all this kindness is. It's not, it's not about trying to organize as many work days as we can, but it's just about being a vessel for kindness in your daily life as you're going, seeing a need and filling that need because that's who Jesus was and that's what He was doing. His ministry that we see for three years is Jesus arriving in a moment, seeing a need, being moved by compassion and being kindness. So again, we have to come back to this question of who will be Jesus. I love the illustration that Mary gives of Jesus being fully human. Right? We don't really think about that. And I can't imagine what that was like for the, the Jewish people at that time, having all of this prophecy and thinking that Jesus was going to come, the Christ was going to come in this powerful, mighty warrior way. But how did He come? He came as a, a baby, fully man. And she recognized this immediate need that He needed her. Because Jesus right then and there, if they had laid him in the manger and be like, alright, do your thing, Savior of the world, and left. He would have died right there. He was a baby, fully man, needed us. He understands, I love this scripture in Hebrews, he understands what we've been through. He's walked it with us, and he was Jesus to the world around him. And he did not die that we could go to heaven with him someday, but he died that heaven could come in us, that we could live as this Holy Spirit-filled man did in these pages. I was sitting here this morning and, uh, you know, just people were talking, just listening. I was looking up and I saw that. Have you, you see that, that uh, dove right up there above the baptistry? That's a, it's this tiny little thing. It's powerful. This Holy Spirit descending. And this, this recognition that each and every one of you has this ability to receive the same Holy Spirit and live this powerful life as we see and read about Jesus. The book of Acts did not stop because no more Acts. God didn't do anything anymore. It stopped because it couldn't keep up. You were the stories. You are the pages now. Your life is the testimony of Acts. The book of Acts continued. Your life. So I'll ask you this question again. Who will be Jesus? Because I held that little girl in my arms. And I'm asking myself this question again. Who will she see when she sees me? Will she see Jesus? Or will she see pieces? Or will she see the fullness? And it's the same thing. I think about all that Melissa is doing. And all the activity, everything that she's doing, pursuing these kids. And I'm asking myself this question. When they run out of here and they run back in. Who are they seeing? Who are they running past? Do they see Jesus? When they come to these events, we're going to have VBS this summer. When they come, will they see a bunch of Jesuses just operating in this place? When they're teaching Sunday school or when they're walking to church or when they're at the store or whatever it may be, will these children see Jesus in us? And I'm telling you, there's no more important life than those ones right there. Because we have the opportunity to put on display Jesus to them right now that they would never go through the things that you've gone through. Think about the, that last song that we sang. That I thank God. I love that song. That's a powerful song. But that just, just when, you, when he ran out of hope and he, he got given this new name because God just came to this rescue. 
Could you imagine what it would look like if a generation didn't need rescuing? How many of us have been rescued in here? Now imagine a generation that only knows victory and not drowning. That happens when we, who know what it is to drown, are Jesus to them now. So who will be Jesus? Do you receive that question this morning? It's, oh, I don't know about that. Do you receive that question this morning? We get to be Jesus. That's a crazy thing to think about. We get to be Jesus to the world around us. Think of all that He means to you, all that He's done for you, how He has impacted your life, and now think about you being that for someone else. What an honor, right? What an honor that we get to be Jesus. We are called co-heirs with Christ. So who will be Jesus? We will. Amen? Amen. This house has to be set apart. This house has to be ready for different things. New things. I was thinking about that again as we... We had this board meeting, we've had these meetings, and I'm, I'm walking out of there, and I'm just like, I wonder if board meetings, like just in general, ever look like that. Just restoration and healing and love and kindness and goodness and gentleness just overflowing out of a room. Like, man, that's different. And it's supposed to be. Because we get to be Jesus, and we have Jesus, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Lord, I pray that this would be a house full of those that will be Jesus. That we would be Jesus to those around us. We would be Jesus to the world around us. Lord, we would not be stuck sitting at the campfire. Holding things against one another. As we heard in Sunday school this morning, Lord, when we operate in the fullness of who we are called to be. When I operate in my fullness, it unlocks others' fullness. Because we are a body, we are members one of another, meant for one another, connected to one another. Lord, I pray that this would be a house of those that go. This would be a house of those that are Jesus each and every day with each and every breath that they take and that they would minister to the world around them. Just in the existing and the fully receiving of all we have been called to be. It's not about doing, it's about being that we would receive the fullness of who you have called us to be. That we could be Jesus to the world around us. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for how you made a way. That we could be Jesus to someone around us. That we could carry the power and authority of the Holy Spirit to someone around us. And that they could encounter the fullness of God and the fullness of all that God has for them in us. I pray that we would grasp that. Oh, I pray that we would grasp that. I pray that we would grasp that we can be the fullness, we can bring the fullness of the power of heaven to somebody else's story. We love you. We thank you. We pray that you would be glorified in our praise and in the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.